Welcome to the GenesisChurch.tv podcast with Scott Hunter. I'm your host, Lead Pastor Scott. Today, we are broadcasting a replay of Sunday's message from our current series, My IKEA Life. We're dealing specifically with battling anxiety using God's helpline, the Word of God. We'll be looking at the Apostle Peter and his struggles with anxiety, and I pray this brings you hope and healing. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. We are in a message series that I believe is very important for many people. Quite honestly, it's really important to me. This one is called My Ikea Life, and today's message, we could call it Praying Through the Pain. Anybody ever had a season of life where life itself was just a pain, right? So I relate that a lot to assembling Ikea furniture. If you've ever been through that kind of pain, it's awful. Like, seriously, there are all these dumb little smiley pictures, no English words, right? It's no instructions. So how many of you have ever built some kind of prefab furniture in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, awesome. You are my people. So I am like that guy in the video that has a total meltdown just because it makes me insane when you have to assemble something all together with a stupid little Allen wrench. Like, I, I have this weird sense of dread when I see a box of all this pretty furniture on the front, and then you open it up, and I'm like, oh. And I think to myself, there goes hours of my life. So Ella got new bedroom furniture like maybe two years ago, and it was all Pergo. If you don't know what Pergo is, it's meaning you're putting it all together, every bit of it. It's beautiful now, but in the moment, there were some unbeautiful words that your, post, your pastor spoke a lot. So if you have done the same thing, you know by the end of assembling just even one piece, you get like, <laughs> much less the entire bedroom set. You have like hand cramps, carpal tunnel, you have to pray for repentance over the things that you've said, you have blisters, right? And then this final step, there's this weird board that goes on the back and you have to tack in little nails all the way across, all the way down the frame of this thing. And so you get done with hitting these finishing nails, like the very first one you smash your finger because they're like minute and you can't see them, right? And then the second one you hit and it goes flying across the room, lands on the carpet somewhere, who knows? And then by the end of it, like you're just angry and you grit your teeth and you keep tapping away because you know you're close to the end. And you just kind of keep pushing through the pain because it's almost there. Today, I want to give you a helpline tip. Life is messy. There's no avoiding that. But if you and I will do something first, if we will pray through the pain, that will give you strength, that will give you the wherewithal to keep pushing forward. So the key thought of the day is pray through the pain in order to keep pushing. Pray through the pain in order to keep pushing. So prayer is simply just having a talk with you and God, your Heavenly Father, the source of your strength and the strength of your life. And if you will keep that helpline open, I promise you, you will be able to make it through whatever it is that you're facing. To power up means that you have to be prayed up. Like to show what looks good, what looks polished, what looks Instagrammed, right? Like I got the right filter, but on the inside, the truth of the matter is we don't feel hashtag blessed, right? We, we go home from church, not Mr. Smiley, Miss Smiley, but we, we're anxious and, and we're worried and we feel like this weight. Maybe you feel angst, there's heaviness, insecurity, there's fear, there's dread. So why do we find ourselves often battling with this monster called anxiety? Well, our text that is going to drive us through this series speaks to that. 
speaks to how to combat that. In Philippians chapter 4, I want to read it to you again today, but I also want to remind you that this is the power of God's Word that can transform your life. And Paul is writing underneath the, the authority and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as he writes to his friends in Philippi. He is writing from a Roman prison. So he's on 24-7 lockdown, literally chained up to a new Roman guard every 24 hours. And he did not know what was going to happen to him. He is in this moment where he is possibly facing the end of his life. And so if there's anybody that had the right to be anxious, it was Paul. And so the way that Paul writes is, be freaked out. No, 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 no. Paul's words are completely the, the thing that just, I'm like, how? I, my mind gets blown, and he speaks with power and authority and life and truth. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He reminds you to do it because it makes no sense. So you, it's, it's almost mind over matter. It's do the right thing, and then the, the right feelings will follow. He says, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Remember last week, the Lord is near. Everybody say, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Why does the word of the Lord come to you in a small whisper? Why does God speak to you in that still, small voice? Because he's close. Because he's near and he's drawing you in. And the Apostle Paul says, he'll speak to you. And, and, and you do not have to be anxious about anything. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in what? In every situation. In every situation, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're worried about with your job, no matter what you're worried about the economy, that we all got bad news, that we might be in a recession, going, whatever it is that you're freaking out, if your teenagers are freaking you out, listen, no matter what you're going through, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, believing that God is going to come through, this is what we do. Here's what we do. We present our request to God. Whatever's on your heart, you speak it to God. Then what happens? This weird, <laughs> not human, supernatural thing happens where the peace of God that passes your understanding, my understanding, guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So that every situation, he says, in prayer and petition, present your requests to God. So let's do that today together. Can we just pause and pray, Lord, we just come to you, Heavenly Father. And I pray, Lord, that the power of your word, Lord, allows us to focus in today. And that, Lord, you will just speak life in this moment. I pray, God, that you would build up our faith today, Lord, for those who, who are walking around anxious and worry. Can you just speak right now your calming peace over their mind? Lord, do it. Do a work today. Do a miracle today in this room. Lord, you moved so mightily at the 929. I ask that the same presence of God that consumed the room then, Lord, will consume your temple right now. Draw us into your word. Draw us close to you. Then touch and heal and set free in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. So what actually is anxiety? What's anxiety? It's it's a very complicated answer, right? So there is no easy answer. It's, it's physiological, it's emotional, sometimes situational, like you go into a situation and you weren't worried and you're totally chill and then like all of a sudden it, it, you're overwhelmed. Like I would argue though that in everything that you face, 
when you're dealing with anxiety, it is always spiritual. And because anxiety is complicated, what we're going to do is we're going to take a holistic approach always to anxiety. There is no deal with it just this way, deal with it, it's holistically that you have to do what you need to do. So in other words, we're going to pray, but we're also possibly going to go and seek professional help and maybe go to a doctor, maybe get supplements about your diet, maybe get under some professional care and take certain medicine. I don't know what it is that you need to do. It might even just, what I had to do is go and seek counseling. It's what I've done in the past and and when my life was anxiety-ridden, and it does not make me weak, it makes me wise. So with anxiety, you take a holistic approach, but for the sake of our time together here, I want to focus wholly and completely on the spiritual side of what anxiety deals with or how we need to deal with it in our lives because I am not going to be able to prescribe you medicine. You don't want me to prescribe you medicine. I'll be like, look at those little green ones. Take those pills. I don't know what they do, right? But what I can offer you is a spiritual prescription that I believe will bring you help and will bring you hope this morning. So are we clear? We're going to take a holistic approach, but today we are dealing specifically with the spiritual way of dealing with anxiety. Jesus is on that helpline today, all right? We got it? All right. So what is anxiety? I'm going to try to explain it this way. How many of you have ever had the red light or the little orange light on your car show up? Ooh, and you're like, it's indicating there's some trouble. Like the check engine light comes on and you're like, that gives me anxiety, right? So the check engine light, though, is not the problem. The check engine light signals that there's a problem somewhere else. It's a signal that indicates, like, if you're smart, you should take your car to the manufacturer because they are the people that built it, and they are the ones who created it, so they know how to fix it. The engine light is not the problem. The light is just a signal, right? It's indicating that you should take it to someone who knows about the situation. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is that signal alert telling you it's time to pray. It's time to pray. Let me say it again. It's a signal. It's the alert. It's the indicator that something is not right, and you should be wise and go to the manufacturer, your creator, who knows you, formed you in your mother's womb, made you, and he knows how to fix what is broken. See, anxiety is that signal alerting you, pray, hit your knees. In other words, if it's big enough to fret about, it is big enough for you to pray about. Put that on a t-shirt. Listen, if it's on your mind, it's on the heart of God. I know that you might think that you're a peon, that you are the speck of dust in this earth, but I'm telling you, the Lord says, if I take care of the birds of the fields and the lilies in the fields, I will take care of you. I see you. I know how many hairs are on your head. Like He knows everything about you. For some of you, that's easier to count than others, baldies. Listen, he knows you. And what bothers you, says to your father, I'm paying attention to what is on your mind and your heart. And if it's on you, then it is on the heart of God. So here's something that I've learned after being a pastor. If you're worried about your doctor's appointment, pray about it. In every situation, take it to God. If you're worried about the decision that is going to alter your life. You need to be praying about it, fasting about it. If you're worried about finishing school, you're like, am I going to finish this because of this grade? How am I going to pass this class? You don't study, you pray about it. 
No, I'm just kidding. You study, you goofball, and you pray about it. It's a both and, not one or the other, right? Do your work, and God will follow through. Jesus, take the wheel. Someone said amen. Listen, if it's on your mind, it's on the heart of God. So take your request to God. See, as a pastor, I used to say, have you prayed on it? Have you prayed on it? And then I realized people don't even know what have you prayed on it even means, right? So, like, what are the prayer rules? Like, how do I address God? Like, is he omnipotent God? Is he daddy God? I mean, like, how do I call on him? Do I have to say, in Jesus' name at the end of it, or in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost at the end of it, or 10-4, good buddy? Like, how do I sign off? And, and, and if, he, if I don't do it that way, does he get mad? Like, like, what happens if I fall asleep when I pray? Do I offend God? Is he going to put me in Jesus' timeout for seven weeks and not hear my prayers for those seven weeks? Do I have to pray in the King James language for the Lord to understand it? Thou us Lordeth our super awesometh. Hallelujah. Like, what I need to tell you today is this. You do not have to pray to a relational God who loves you in a formal language. He just wants to hear from you. He loves you. And yes, it can be intimidating, I suppose, if you live around prayer ninjas, right? You know people who have that spiritual gift of prayer, like when they pray, even God goes, well, wow, that was good. <laughs> See, you're over here in the corner, and you're like, my prayer stinks, right? Because you're comparing it to church Chuck Norris over there. <laughs> Knock it off. You're having anxiety about praying about anxiety. So to combat anxiety, you simply begin with, well, how do I pray? This is what the scripture says, that Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Just talk about it. He says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Tell God what you need. You know what that means in the Greek? Tell God what you need, right? Just talk to God in your own way. In other words, it doesn't have to be in my way. It doesn't have to be in prayer ninja's way. It just has to be you and just speak lord this is what is on my mind this is what is on my heart this is what i'm wrestling with god just wants to hear from you and you can ask him you can write your prayer request down in a journal i don't care if you sing it around your house you can shout with joy you can scream at god believe me he's big enough to handle any kind of temper tantrum that you can throw and here's what i want you to know see i'm a daddy don't tell my kids this but like they're teenagers and then they need my dad need my dad but as a dad kind of like when they still need their dad. I want them to still need me. And that's how your heavenly father looks at you. Just come to him. Let your needs be known. He's ready and willing to help. I think sometimes we don't think that he's willing. God has good will towards you. In every situation with prayer and petition, let your needs be known to God. What is anxiety? It's that signal alert that says you've got to go to the one who loves you, knows you, created you, the one who can help you. It's a signal alert. It's time to pray. And I love the way that Peter talked about this. Peter is like my boy, right? So he talks about how to handle anxiety. So Peter is a guy that if you read the scripture, there's a lot of insight, like more than any other disciple, Peter is mentioned. And and. You kind of see that the way he lived his life, he probably wrestled with a little bit of anxiety because uh, sometimes I read what he does and it makes me anxious. And here's what he says 
in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him. Cast all your worries on him because he cares for you, because he loves you, because he wants the best for you. Humble yourselves before God means sometimes it is a pride-swallowing thing where we're like, I got it, I got it, I can fix it, I can fix it. It is you hitting your knees saying to the Lord, I can't do this. And as you submit yourself to God and you say, Lord, I need you, he begins to lift you up. And he gets you in his grip. Do you feel anxious? Do you feel that weight? We're going to approach this holistically, but we're going to take it to God and cast all our anxiety on him because he cares for us. So what do you do? You humble yourselves. You get down in that position and you pray. Dude, this is what I've been doing so much more this past year than you can imagine. If you were here with last week, with me, I, I overshared my life and I told you what the train wreck that it has been from May to May. Like, and, and because of all the crazy that has happened to me, I've been just battling with anxiety like because of it. And Knee surgery is number six this week and I've been going on this madness for a year now, so pray for me, please. But see, everybody's got their stuff. So my stuff's not more important than your stuff. It's not bigger than your stuff. It's not harder than your stuff. It's just different, right? You might be stressed out by putting up shelves, making sure everything is beautiful, and I, and I get anxiety-ridden by rebuilding something that I've already assembled backwards, right? So we're just different. We, just, we all have our own mess. But instead of reenacting the four mistakes that Elijah did as he battled with his anxiety problem that we talked about last week, go back and watch it online, I'm going to instead implore you, admonish you, beg you to pray and put it at the feet of God first. Pray your way through the stress and the mess of life. I don't know about you, I don't know who this applies to, where there's anxiety, but that's a signal alert saying you've got to go to the one who cares about you. It's time to seek God. Do you feel down? Do you feel depleted? Do you feel like you're sinking? See, Peter said, humble yourselves, that under God's mighty hand, and I love this imagery, that he might lift you up. See, this will mean so much more to you when you realize who is writing this story, that it is Peter. Peter is the idiot and the guy that was like, I'm going to get out of the boat and walk to Jesus, right? Because he believed that he could because he walked on water and saw him coming towards him. He's like, well, I can do that. If Jesus says I can do that, and that's what happens. Matthew 14, 28 through 29, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Got a country accent, he says, come on, Pete. Like Pete jumps out of the boat. All the other eleven just staring at him. Right? Peter's like, ah, walking on one. He's gliding. He's having a good time, right? And then all of a sudden, all the things that he sees become waves and the wind and the and he takes his eyes off of Jesus, and it's all just the and what happens? He begins to sink. And what does Jesus respond with? You pathetic, faithless man. Enjoy drowning. Here's a straw. Right? No! Jesus immediately reached down his hand. Humble yourselves under his mighty hand that he might lift you up as you go to God in prayer. Lord, it is 
this position where I know who I am in light of who you are. I know that you are able. It's when you get alone and you say to God, I live for you alone, Lord, and you do what you need to do, Lord. You lead me, Lord. You teach me, Lord. Where you go, I will follow. Lord, use my life. And when we pray like that and when we submit ourselves to him, in God's timing, he will do exactly that, lift you up. But see, messy life, what if messy life just keeps happening over and over and over again? In those moments, all you're going to see are winds and waves. And what if you feel like you're sinking? See, the problem isn't that you're sinking. The problem is you're not reaching. If you're not reaching out to God's hand, you're missing the whole point that he is able to do above and beyond, which you even think is possible. We, we see our wind, we see our waves, and all of a sudden, it's just, and we're missing the fact that the entire time, God's hand has already been there reaching out to you. All you have to do is take a hold of it. Verse 31, immediately, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. If you reach out to him, he will lift you up just in time, in due time, just in time. Not my timing. Lord, it's never my timing, right? But his timing, oddly enough, is somehow weirdly perfect. And if you reach up to him, he will lift you up just in time. See, we get anxious even about pos- like positioning ourselves and petitioning God, and we stand and we wait, or we sit and we kneel and we pray. God's answer. And we get anxious over lifting up in due time, we hate that. We're like, in due time, God, like, it is my time. We are due God. But in humility, it means you pray and you submit to God's all-encompassing authority, his unseen plan, and it's perfect timing for your life. But when you, like Peter, take a hold of God's hand, you realize, I'm not the one in power anymore. <laughs> He's the one in power. He's the one that is holding me up above water. And he has a grip on you that nobody can break, that nobody can take away. He's got the entire world in his hand. And isn't it great to know that his grip includes you? What I love about the story is that Peter had to lift up his hand to take a hold of Jesus. So let me show you how this works practically in your life. And I will close out with this. See, Peter had to lift up his hand to take a hold of Jesus. And that's exactly what we're doing when we worship God by raising our hands. If you've never been here, I know there are a lot of people that come from every background. We have so many Catholics in our church, former Catholics in our church. And I'm like, why do you like this place? And I know when you walk in here, like, oh, it's got a different kind of group. I kind of like it. But you're like, people start lifting your hands. They're like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Somebody needs to reach up this morning and stop being afraid. Mm. Lifting your hands symbolizes two things. Number one means when you lift your hands, it is a sign of victory. See, when you reach up and you grab the hand of the one who is in control, his victory is your victory. Paul says in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It is 
his power that sustains me. It is his power that flows through me when I take a hold of him. And I will experience the victory of God that is in him. Why? Because he extends it to you. Because he is for you and he is not against you. And he is comforting you and he is strengthening you. And all you have to do is reach up. First John, I love the message version of chapter 5, verses 4 through 5. Listen to this. Every God-born person, every person who submits their life to Jesus Christ and starts a relationship, every God-born person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. It is the element that you have to take a step that makes zero sense and say, God, I'm going to trust you for the unknown and the uncertain. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God, simply believes God is who he says that he is. He is not a man that he might lie, that he is God of the ability to do anything above and beyond which you can even wrap your mind around. That's the God that you're reaching up to. See, the world's way is to fret and to worry and to play the blame game that said, you're the one that put me in this situation. And live in doubt and live in panic and live in fear. But scripture says, lift up holy hands for victory is yours. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you not might, but you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Take the hand of the one who has already won. Amen. You can pop plot. I'm not, I'm not here for your praise. You're praising the Lord. Listen, what do we need to do? How do you break anxiety off your life? Man, it's, it is a multitude of things that you can do. But the big thing for you to do, because everything is always spiritual, I know that you might not think it, you'd like to compartmentalize it into like little boxes. No, 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 no. The spirit man, the spirit woman that you are, dude, that bleeds in every facet of your life. So how do you break that off? You pray through the pain and you reach up and you reach out to the Lord in order to keep pushing forward. You lift up holy hands and you claim the victory that you already have been given in Christ Jesus. Why else do you lift up your hands? Number two, let me close with this. It is a sign of surrender. <laughs> it is the position where you say, I can't do this. I can't fix this. It is a place where you go and you look like the Ikea debacle <laughs> and there are all these pieces and you're like, what is all this extra hardware? I don't get it. Guess what? That mess, never going to become a nightstand no matter how hard you try. It's just going to be a mess. Sometimes situations don't change. But that doesn't mean that God can't take the mess and build something amazing out of it if you will just surrender. You can't change everything. Medicine might not always fix it. Counseling might not always fix it. Circumstances might not change. You might just be stuck where you're at for a season or, or for life. I don't know. But guess what? We can surrender anything and everything that is a burden to us and give it to God. We can take 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 it to God. Peter cried out, help me, Lord. Boom. And there was his hand. Deuteronomy 31, 8 reminds us, be strong and courageous. 
Do not fear, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to run out on you. He will not forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. So we can say confidently, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. It is his hand that I have a grip on. What can mere men do to me? Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, and behold, I am with you always, 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 even to the end of the earth. So humble yourselves underneath God's mighty hand. And in due time, he's going to lift you up. He's going to save you. He will be your rescuer. First Peter 5, 7 reminds you, cast all your anxiety on him. Every little bit of it. Because it cares for you. Cast, in the Greek, it means to throw. It means to release it, surrender it. It means to let it go. And as I let go of my problem, guess what? My hands are freed up. And if my hands are freed up, then that means you were able to let go of your problem and cling to the God who is able to solve all problems in your life. Let it go and grab a hold of God this morning. In other words, I exchanged my problem for the hand of Jesus, and I promise you that's something so much better to cling to. And so we're not going to say, well, God... I give this to you, but then it's been 12 minutes. Instantaneous Jesus, where are you? And I'm going to pick it back up, and I'm going to carry it home to church, from church with me. God's timing is not our timing. I will never understand God's ways, because as Scripture says, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. They're always higher than yours, okay? Because he has the plan. We see What's happening in the moment? God sees the entire scope of every single thing all at one time. So no, 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 it's not going to be your timing. It's his timing. It's his timing. So that means that there's this trust moment where you let it go and you let God get a hold of you and you let it go and you grab a hold of God and you say to God, Lord, in this moment, even if it doesn't make sense, Lord, you are sovereign. Lord, you are always good. Lord, your ways are always perfect. You are always higher, God. And Lord, I understand that you are working in all things, not a little bit here, a little bit there, and all things, God, you are working, Lord, for my good, because I am called according to your purpose. Lord God, we believe that there is no weapon that is formed against us that will ever prosper. Lord, we understand that the devil is a liar, and he shouts in our face, but Lord, you are that still, small, whispering voice, and you're saying to me, Lord, today, believe and reach up. God, I know that you are my God. And I know, Lord, that you go before me. And, Lord, you are working in me. So, Lord, today I just cast, I throw all my cares upon you. Church, what is weighing you down? What is it that you are, are carrying? Is it your future? Is it your job? Is it your finances? Is it your marriage, your kids, your aging parents, your health? Or if you're just like me who's just been through a battle and it's still raging in a battle. And you're just in the ground, and you're saying, God, it's too much for me to handle. Then the peace of the wind, supernatural, crashing on me, no sense to us, will come over you, rush over you, and a different kind of wind and wind, on your knees to pray, and will give you the peace of God, you're only seeing wind and guard your heart, cry out your mind up in Christ. Watch the hand of God. This has been another podcast of GenesisChurch.tv with Scott Hunter, lead pastor of Genesis Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Tune in each Sunday at 929 or 1101 on YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook, and live.GenesisChurch.tv 
or visit us in person at 4070 Mission Road here in Tallahassee. Catch us for weekly messages and midweek interviews and encouragement here on the Genesis Church.tv podcast.